episode 84, Absentee Male Role Models. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we hear Michael Baker's perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards-nominated host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as he gets a rarely seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back to the show, middle of the summer. Hey, today's show, I want to give a little disclaimer. Just to remember, my opinion is not always the same as the guest's opinion, just in case the first part of the interview gets you triggered. And on this week, I figured it's a good time to say it because we have a guest today who has his own podcast about being a Christian man. And I always have a part on the episodes about relationships and being a good spouse, being a good father, parent, whatever. I want to have come on and just kind of talk about what guys can do to step up in their family and to be a better husband, to be a better father. Especially these days, there's so many dads that are either absent, you know, divorced, and you just can't see your kids as much as you want. So what can you do about that? I definitely feel like we have a a calling to treat our spouses, to treat our kids, and to treat other people a a certain way. And of course, we don't always succeed in that, but what's your goal, right? So, you know, on the show, we like to highlight that part. I guess part of the controversy is the statements about like progressive feminism and what that does to, to men and how men are just kind of like not stepping up to the plate like we used to. You know, we're not saying twist in scripture because, you know, some people have heard sermons in the past from bad, bad preaching where they're like, I'm the man and and you're the woman. So you got to do what I say. And that is absolutely not at all what we're talking about. We completely respect women. We completely respect wives on this show. We both think that is foolish and a very bad twisting of the scripture. So that's why the whole like disclaimer type of thing. So, um, that is not where we're coming from with that. It's just a matter of uh, men not stepping up to the plate. And we think we can do better as fathers, as husbands, as business owners. And then we offer like solutions. But the idea is, you know, we respect women completely. We think that, you know, if women wants to stay at home, stay at home. If you want to work, work. And we both agree that whether a woman works or if she stays at home, she has so much value to offer. We should be respecting her and honoring her, honoring our kids and being involved with their lives, not retreating to the garage or going play video games or ignoring. And then later in the interview, how do you become a leader in your family? Especially if you weren't before, what does being a leader look like? What are some steps that you can do to show and to get reengaged with your family? Uh, if you're not and you kind of are absent, what can you do to reintroduce yourself and also how uh, to have like a date night? You know, if you want a strong marriage you got to start somewheres so we kind of you know he goes through what can you do and we bounce ideas back and forth so that if you're starting from nothing after 10 years of marriage how do you start where do you go from there how do you become a leader in your family so oh that might be another controversial thing should a man be a leader in the family so uh i hope you enjoy the episode doctorsperspective.net slash 84 let's go hashtag behind the curtain from China, Montana, to 24 years, National Guard retiree, a man who's raised five boys in a blended family, a guy who just started a podcast, 20-something episodes at this point, called The Sedated Man. His name is Michael Baker. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Well, look, The Sedated Man, it is a Christian-based podcast. It is about becoming a man, but instead of me talking about it, give us a little introduction as to 
why you created this, what are you seeing, and then we'll, from there we'll just jump into some some questions and, and flesh it out a little bit more. Okay. Especially for like a doctor-based style. <laughs> okay. Uh, the sedated man was uh, a brainchild I had mainly because I've noticed over the years how many men within congregations, and I don't just mean any one congregation, I mean congregations worldwide, especially in the U.S., though, they they feel like they're under such attack anymore by culture that they kind of hide. And as a result, the wives end up having to step up. The kids are somewhat disconnected, and so they sedate, whether that sedation be pornography, whether it be Netflix, whether it be food, whether it be alcohol, whether it be, I mean, take your pick, sedation is everywhere. And, and unfortunately, some people will put one sedation over another. But with men, it's damaging because, scripturally speaking, men were made to lead now, that would probably alert a lot of people that you were being unfair. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's just their job. That's what the Lord gave them to do. And when they sedate, things fall apart. Families fall apart. There's more blended families now than ever before. I mean, you know, the sacredness begins to crumble. And so the whole idea behind the sedated man is to start to build a movement that will give these guys value and help them to step up not only in society but within their, their families and ultimately well, not ultimately per se, ultimately within their families, but also within their own congregations so that people can, so that things can come back to a balance, the balance the Lord intended. When you say sedated, so in other words, it's more of like our distractions where you could be playing with your kids or spending time with your wife, but instead, like you said, you're watching Netflix or, you know, other. Disappearing. You know, maybe just playing in the yard. Disappearing, Disappearing and hiding. Yeah, I'm yes. in the shop all the time. Okay. Now, I guess, does the chicken or the egg come first? Was the guy trying to lead and then just kind of got, didn't do a good job and so was put down by his wife and decided to like, oh, I just, I just quit. I can't, I can't win with her. Or is it more like they just maybe didn't learn to begin with and their spouse maybe is taking the reins and just like, well, she's taking the reins. She's doing a good job. I guess I don't, I'll just, are they just scared to step up and lead the family? Like, Hey, you, you need to discipline your kids a little bit more. You need to, uh, you know, maybe you don't like the way somebody's, you know, the way that everything goes parenting wise. Maybe you need to step up and parent better, like put your foot down and say, hey, let's have a conversation about how this is going on. Like what's some of the examples here? Uh, you know, if you look way back, I mean, on the farm, I mean, dad was there. Dad was leading. Now, granted, that was quite a while ago, but the family was together and they worked together. And then you had the Industrial Revolution where people started to move towards cities. All right. Now, dad was gone a lot and he couldn't necessarily take the kids with him like he could on the farm. And then you take it another step further and the now the women are being taken out of the home so that they can work as well. And so you see the slow, over, historically speaking, you see the slow breakdown of the family. So they always joke about how Rome became entertainment-based. Well, in a sense, men have become entertainment-based because because of the attack on them. So there's so many things available to them now for them to mentally check out. And I'm not talking about just a break. I'm not talking about just take five, you know, go look at your phone and cool off. I'm talking about their, you know, whether it be sports, whether it be Netflix, like that list I just went down. So they were able to more, or they are more able to easily move away from their responsibilities in the family. Now you got a culture on top of that saying, hey, masculinity is aggressive and aggressive is not okay. Then you have the feminist movement coming in and saying, men need to step down and we need equal rights. But the problem with that is things become so equal that now nobody's unique. So men begin to slowly step down from there. 
culture says they're not okay. Women say they're not okay. And they begin to feel not okay. They begin to feel inferior. And so a lot of them will step back. And as a result, the wives will have to pick up the reins, not necessarily because they're feminists or because they want control, but because the husband's not taking control. Because he's, and I don't mean that in a dictatorship way. I just mean he is not stepping up to the responsibilities that God gave him within his own household. And as a result, you then have a breakdown in the marriage. You then have a breakdown with the kids. You then have a breakdown within the congregations. And you've got guys, I mean, the word, the term whip didn't just come up. Men, men are now <laughs> acting whipped. They're acting as though they're, you know, they're little whip puppies and they got to sit in a corner because they don't dare say anything because, because culture says you are not okay. You need to take your behavior somewhere else and you need to let these other people make your choices because aggression is not okay. Does that make sense? Kind of. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flesh that out a little okay. bit. We're totally fine, I'm assuming. I'm going to assume here and then no, you just correct fine. me. Women, women can work. Yeah. We expect them to work. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Nobody's saying don't work. Nobody's saying you don't deserve to have equal pay and equal time off. And uh, if your qualifications are the same, like you should get the same job. You should be able to get promoted to CEO and CFO and all these different positions. We're not saying that's a, that's a bad thing. But what we're saying is when men come home from work, they are being kind of pressured to not be maybe as uh, don't roughhouse with the kids so much. Or um, maybe they were raised, you don't do the dishes, you don't cook and you don't clean. And they're keeping that going. And are men not stepping up and say, hey, you know what? You worked 40 hours this week. I worked 40 hours this week. It's not right that you're doing all the dishes and you're doing all the cooking. Like, what am I doing? What's the man? What is he doing? If you're out there not doing anything, it's time to step back up and like be a part of the house. Like, it's not her Correct. job and you see, uh, 40 hours a week. Mark Gunger, the guy who does Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, which is a system I, I use when we're counseling couples, he said it best. He said, when a guy comes home from work, he plops himself on the couch and he figures, you know, I've been at work all day, so that's like, 10,000 points, you know, and he got himself up. That's another thousand right. points. Drug, yeah, drug himself off to work. That was another thousand points. So he'll plop himself on the couch at the end of the day with like 12,000 points and, uh, and think, and think, uh, I want you to catch up now to the wife, you know, whereas the wife, you know, she's got a totally different scoring system where it's, <laughs> well, he went to work. That's a point. And, uh, he drug, you know, he got up and good attitude. That's another point. And he worked all day. There's a point. So, so she's looking at him sitting on the couch. He's got like three points, but he figures 12,000 because the point system is completely different. So <laughs> what I'm talking about when it comes to men in general is, and, and remember, we're talking scriptural men. When a man leads a household, that means ultimately he serves. Christ was the leader and he was a servant leader. Men are servant leaders. I mean, it's very, I'll give you an example. For me, it's been very important over the years that, that I not drive a nicer car than my wife. Now, I don't say that because it was a standard. I say that because I wanted to make sure that she always had the best vehicle that we had because she had to cart the kids around. Now, my, my wife was a stay-at-home mom and because she wanted to be. And I worked two and three and sometimes four jobs to make that happen. So the point was, is yeah, I led. Kids saw the example of sacrifice. My kids saw the example of dad getting things done. My kids saw the example of my family comes first. Uh, you know, for instance, my wife and I have been taking date nights from the very beginning once a week. So they saw that mom was important. All of those things were leadership qualities that I showed my boys, but they were all in servant mode. So is equality an issue? Well, you know, equality in this sense isn't really an issue in the fact that sh- can can women work? Yeah. Can men work? Yeah. Should they be equal pay? Yeah. 
But to be perfectly honest, I don't think it's this this huge inequality that they're talking about in the feminist movement. It's uh, every woman I've ever known who wanted something went and got it. And there, there was no equality issue. Any man I ever knew who really wanted something went and got it. Mm-hmm. It was those unique aspects of them that allowed them to go get it. The, now, the, the feminist movement, just as an example, completely tears. It doesn't just build women up. It completely tears men down. The problem with everything. Okay. Yeah. Give, give, me, a, give me an example. Cause I know, like I'm a woman hater? <laughs> no, not a woman hater at all. Misconstrued or it could be seen as like, oh, my gosh, this is the, this is the problem that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and so exactly. So I'm trying to like, absolutely. I, I kind of know where you're kind of coming from as far as like in a biblical sense of, of men, you need to treat your wives like amazing. Like you don't, you, you treat her right. You talk to her right. You show your kids that you treat her good and you, you don't put her down and uh, whatever she wants to accomplish, like, you know, she can accomplish it. Um, and then I have her, you know, like, you know, the men, but give me, I guess an example of a way a guy is kind of told to mellow out. How guys are told to mellow out. Okay. I recently saw, uh, I wish it, I think it was CNBC. I recently recently saw an interview with a gal who was uh, part of the feminist movement who wanted to eliminate vocabulary that had any masculine words. Yeah, I've heard of that. She wanted to, you, yeah, she wanted to eliminate anything because it showed aggression and anything that was male sounding needed to be eliminated because men were the problem. Now, this is something I've heard consistently is that men are the problem. Men are the reason that women aren't treated the same. Men are the reason that women don't get equal pay. Men are the reason. And so so I apologize if I'm not making it clear, but the the whole, and I was just using the feminist movement as an right. example. So you've got the feminist movement saying men are not okay. Men are the problem. And that's a fringe group though, would you say? Like that's a pretty, um, pretty big umbrella. I'm guessing there's... The majority of uh, women who claim to be feminists that I've run into... Uh, actually okay. have that view. Um, I, I had a gal look at me once and, and call me a chauvinist because my wife stayed home and that was it. And so I picked up a phone and I held it to her and I said, why don't you call my wife and ask her what she thinks about that? Yeah. Because my wife, my wife is anti-feminist as well. Not because she's not a strong woman. My wife is a very strong woman. It's because she does not see it as productive for women because it tears down because the feminist movement as a, as a whole, uh, she feels and a lot of other women I know feel it tears women down by completely trying to destroy the male influence. So without getting too far off track here. Yeah, sorry, sorry. So no, 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 you're fine. So the whole idea in this is men are stepping away because A, it's become easy for them to step away. And if men are given five minutes to themselves, Mm -hmm. they don't typically work unless they're driven. Okay. So the Lord set that up as them to be the leader of the house because that was their job. Now, the woman was the helper. Yes, that's what Scripture says. Does that mean that she was a lesser? Absolutely not. Scripture says she's a fellow heir. Right. She's equal. She simply has a different role. It doesn't make her less important. I mean, she's tremendously important. And if that guy knows exactly, because marriage is a representation of Christ and the bride. So that's what the marriage signifies. So with that, as men step away, that model becomes less and less within the house. And when it breaks down in the house, it breaks down in the congregations. And so what you have now, I guess you could say, is a huge issue with convenience and division. You've got, it's very convenient to stay connected with people while not actually talking to them. And the division becomes even deeper all the time because 
you have all of this convenience that allows you to just throw opinions out there without having to actually be accountable for them in person, if that makes sense. So whereas I could be of a different denomination than another guy before that guy and I could talk about our differences and probably still leave friends. These days, if we were to have the same discussion, we would probably leave angry and never talk to one another again because the division is so deep, not just between the congregations, but culturally speaking. So the whole idea behind the sedated man is to bring men back up not necessarily to power, but to the position that the Lord set for them so that they can begin to lead in their congregations and their families again. So, I mean, you know, the whole reason people, people talk about how frustrated they are with their counties and their, and their districts and their states, but they don't do anything about it. And as leadership uh, begins to erode within the family and the congregations, well, people of faith have nothing to complain about because then they become the problem. Because there's nobody to step into those roles. Some of some ideas. Was, one. Does that, does that make sense? I had other guests, you know, a few more guests, and I was asking them about the, the, the struggle of, I mean, a working mom versus stay-at-home mom. And, you know, that used to be a big fight. You know, you're not doing enough. Like, why would you just stay home and all that kind of stuff? And, and I think there's a little bit more unity there. There's still some bickering, I think. But overall, like, it's getting better there, which is great. And, cause there I mean, is, yeah. I don't think I could stay home with my kids all day. I don't think... I don't think I could do it. I mean, I don't have a kid yet. It's coming. But uh, <laughs> you know, when, I, when I'm hanging out with my nieces and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I, could, I don't know if I can no, do this like three yeah. hours a day for five years um, or 12 hours a day. I'm saying eight hours and you just check out. But uh, <laughs> then the second one I've heard in, in the churches, because there was, yeah. um, what was it? Men of, Men of Faith was popular for a while. And then like, I think the Boy Scouts may have actually be, even was formed to begin with as a church thing. Or maybe it was the YMCA. It was a way to bring up men to remember the skills that you used to have. And and what I've come sometimes from the from a church setting is men should have like a men's group. But what you find out is a lot of these men don't want to show up to the actual men's group to talk about stuff in a men's viewpoint. And then leading doesn't have to be like as difficult as I think as we try to make it. Like it could be as simple as hey, the church has some kind of event on a Sunday afternoon. Maybe you need to uh, put the chairs up. You know. Get out there, go a little bit early, put the chairs up, break them back down, clean off the tables. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to have to volunteer and teach. I'm not a teacher. You're absolutely right. Okay, but if you do think you have that ability and you're not teaching, then go teach or try a little bit. I mean, it, I don't know what people think sometimes when they think leader. I have to lead the family. Yep. It's like, well, what does that look like? Well, it could just mean maybe you teach your kids how to cut the grass or something or like let's go weedy together and you're just doing stuff together with them. Maybe not weed eating, but weeding a, a flower garden. I don't know. Is that is, is, is yeah. that something that you can do to show leadership in your family? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Those are all. I mean, every small thing adds up to bigger things, you know. But these, but yeah. But a lot of these guys aren't even doing that. I mean, how many disconnected families do you meet anymore? Well, how many are divorced? They don't even. And I look. I can imagine how hard it yeah, would be if you're exactly. divorced and you only see your kids on the weekend, and then your kids start to get them teenagers. They don't want to hang out with you, and you're like, "Well, this no. is my weekend. We have to hang out." And you're like, "Yeah, but my buddy's got a party and bowling and." And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, even my own time with my kids, I don't even get them. Half the, half the day they're sleeping, another half they want to go hang out. So I give up. Right. And exactly. the worst thing I think you could do is like give up hanging out with your kids, I would think. Yeah, the number the number of blended families nowadays, like and like you said, we're a blended family. The number of blended families these days is tremendous, and it's only getting bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you're right. I mean, you know, what happens when all of the lives separate within the house is 
you know, convenience and division just goes to the nth degree on that. And then not only, like you were saying, not only do the kids not want to hang with dad because he's not cool and probably not real present. Right. Well, dad figures, well, if they don't want anything to do with me, I'm going to go have my own life. And then when the kids do need him, he's busy. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, all those little things that you're talking about are exactly, exactly what I'm talking. That's where it starts. I mean, if you want somebody to lead in a leadership role within the church, say, all right, do you want the guy who's out there putting up chairs to help with the leadership? Or do you want the guy who sits down and watches everybody put up chairs in leadership? You know, those are all, and as a, as a soldier for 24 years, that was one thing I was huge on. And this isn't a pat myself on the back thing. It's just something that was very important to me. I never asked my soldiers to do anything that I wouldn't go out and do either first or with them. Mm. So I would pick up a broom as leadership and I'd start sweeping and my soldiers would come over and ask me, Sergeant, please give me the broom. <laughs> You're making me look bad. And I did that. I, I did that on purpose, you know, because I wanted to see which ones were paying attention and they knew I was always watching them. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it gets right back down to the roots. These guys, you know, how many of them teach your kids how to weed eat? How many of them teach them, you know, I can give you example upon example of just people I know just in my area where you see the kids sitting on their phones and mom and dad are doing all the work. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, A, there's no there's no teamwork in mom and dad's area. All right. Just because they're working together to get something done does not mean there's teamwork in the marriage. Because if there was teamwork in the marriage, those kids would be right in the thick of it as well. So you got that breakdown. Now you've got, I mean, you know, people like to complain about the millennials. Now, sure, I, you know, do they frustrate me sometimes? Yeah, they frustrate me sometimes. I would be lying if I said they didn't. However, I can see their potential. I can see that if they find something they're passionate about, they will drive towards it like there's no tomorrow. Yep. However, part of the reason, part of the reason they're waiting for that magic moment is because mom and dad never trained them how to work towards the magic moment. Mm. Okay? So when people say they're lazy, they're not lazy. They're untrained from helicopter parents. Yeah. And a lot of that, if dad, if dad, and right back to the city of man thing, if dad were leading, he, you know, dad points the nose of the ship. And when that ship's pointing in the right direction, training's getting done. When dad sits there and just watches the wheel spin, you get issues where... Kids aren't trained, and the wife is frustrated, and then you've got two people, and we've all seen it. How many times do you go to the restaurant, you see two old people sitting at a booth having dinner, and you think to yourself, it's, it's so cool that they've been married that long, and then you notice they haven't talked to each other in an hour. Mm, that's something as well. No leadership, all right? Guy didn't point the nose of the ship. He just let it wander. I was a part of church, and I thought they were kind of cool with some of the things that they, the way they taught and, and whatnot, because they were definitely like, you know, don't be using these Bible verses to think your wife is a... Uh, a lesser citizen and all yeah. that. And one of the things they were talking about was, you know, for women, you got like a sweet 16 party. Now you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Bar- if you're right. Jewish, you got like a Bart mitzvah or something like that. And it shows that you're a man. And for a lot of right. um, boys, we just sort of don't have much to like, in most families, there's not like a procedure. Like, you know, and, and part of where they were saying sometimes was maybe we should have like a, a milestone at 11 you should be able to change a tire or fill up the tire or change mm-hmm. the oil or, you know, you learn. That would be excellent. Yeah, you learn how to do stuff. Like, you know, I guess that's what kind of like the Boy Scouts. I'm not promoting the Boy Scouts, but I'm just saying like they have these merits <laughs> no, and these, these things that you're supposed to do. And it proves that you've done something. And so like, but for men and at some point saying, hey, OK, you're 16. Let's go on a trip, a camping trip or something. And you're going to have to whatever, start a fire with me. 
there's going to be certain rituals that we have to go through to prove that you have learned some life skills or whatever. And it's not just like you lost your virginity. Like, all right, now you're a man or you turned 18. Now you're a man. You're like, well, I mean, <laughs> can we have something a little bit no, more structured and more serious? Um, and just like having a ceremony, like to, to honor them for growing in a certain way and fulfilling certain roles that you might need in life. That just, we don't exactly. get taught. You got to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you right quick, just what the driving force behind this is for yeah. me. I, you know, I came up, dad, my dad told me that I was dumb every, every day of my life until I moved out. And that's no exaggeration. All right. So it was a strained relationship to say the least. He and I didn't get along to like the last two years before he died. And you can't make up for 20 some years in two years. However, I was bound to determine my boys would never, ever think that they were stupid. Okay. But with that, uh, it's been my sincere belief that mankind as a whole operates at about 10% of what the Lord designed him to operate at. Okay. That, that average has become, has become okay. That mediocre is like the new norm. And that is so not the model of scripture. And if that's not the model of scripture, it is not the male model, especially if he is supposed to lead his household. Because if a man leads his household properly, his name will be remembered for generations within that name, not simply done at the grandkids. So, so if mankind as a whole is wasting all that potential, Christian men have even less of an excuse. They are, we are obligated, absolutely obligated to lead, to serve, and to see the future through for our kids. Not do the future through for our kids, but see the future through for our kids. You don't like the future? Then step up and make a difference. Step up and prove to your kids that there's something worth doing and that they can do even more than you could do. And so ultimately, that's where the core of the sedated man comes from is these guys, they, they, they got to get off their phones. They got to get off their couches. They got to get off their computers and they need to engage. The church is in desperate need of leadership. And these boys, this next generation, I'm telling you, all of my sons know how to work. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I was hard on the boys. I love them. I didn't want them to not have a good work ethic. I wanted a work ethic. And every one of the boys is known for their work, work ethic. But the next, the next, their generation, even my sons are like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do with these guys. But it's, it's got to happen. That's the only way the pendulum will swing away from all of this, all of this non-unique equality back to where a person can truly be unique again and everybody can be okay with it. You know, I, I guess two comments, um, I think sometimes Christians get in trouble being judgy and judgmental because we mm -hmm. judge people who aren't Christian with the same measuring stick. And to me, I'm just like, well, that's kind of a, a backwards kind of way to look at it because if they don't actually believe what you believe when there's a weird, right, like, why would, you know, they might be like, well, no, I want to be a good father. But, I, you know, I'm not saying yeah. like, you know, I'm definitely not saying if you don't have God, then you're like, you know, you don't have morals. I'm not saying that at all. But there's there's some weird things like somebody strikes you, turn the other cheek type of thing and don't go after somebody. And, you know, some people are going to mm -hmm. just figure that out on their own. Like nothing really good came when I punched that other guy in the face. If I would have just walked away, <laughs> it would have been better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you shouldn't you can't really judge somebody like, oh, you're I don't know. You got three kids out of wedlock. OK. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're not Christian, like that's your choice. Like I'm not really going to come down on you about it, really, because you don't you don't live in the same realm as I do. But like, you know, if you're confessing Jesus and you 
got three kids. Well, well, you know, that's the easiest example. I mean, that's that's just the easiest, the obvious. I mean, lots of us have sins that we just don't have to show and they're not as as permanent. Right. Anyway, I mean, you know, we shouldn't lie, but I'm sure we still do. And so, you know, that's wrong as well. You can comment on that or, or we can move on uh, to, is there, is there like a benefit to guys hanging out with each other? I think guys look at that like kumbaya, we got to like hug each other and cry out our feelings yep. or can we just go <laughs> shoot bow and arrows and drink a beer and talk about God a little bit? You know what I mean? No, that's an excellent point. Okay, yeah. So another example, only an example. I'm not knocking anybody that watches these movies, all right? Okay. I'm just, this is, this is my, my thing with these movies. But a lot of Christian movies that are out today, I have trouble watching because they they portray Christian men as these weepy, weak, you know, fluffy, fluffy bunny kind of guys. And that is not scripture. So, and I'm sorry, but I'm not a fluffy bunny kind of guy. So, but you're right. You know, they everybody pictures it as this kumbaya, you know, you go live in your little commune and go to church on Sunday and, and type of thing when no, you're right. It's. You know, should guys hang out with guys? Guys should absolutely hang out with guys. I mean, you're getting more and more Christians who are more lone wolf than not. And the reason is, is they haven't found a tribe because the tribe is dispersed because the tribe is afraid to gather together in one spot right now. Mm. So, but those tribes need to come back together. Men need to get together. I just went on a, a men and sons canoe trip. Now, I've missed a lot of things through my military, you know, my military career and my civilian career. And, uh, this was the first canoe trip I was able to go on, and it was with my 17-year-old son, who was our last son in the house. And uh, I was afraid, to be perfectly honest. I've never canoed. Oh. <laughs> 48, years old, 48 years old, I've never canoed, and we were on high water. The water, I mean, we've had a lot of moisture. The rivers are high. And, uh, you know, there's 12 boats. Canoeing is a fight waiting to happen, too. Well, well, this was a, a softer <laughs> river, but I was a little, you know, I was a little, I was, and I told my son, you know, hey, this, uh, this intimidates me a little bit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie about it. And so when I got there, there were other men there and, you know, other boys, and I was very straight up about it. Hey, this scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Now, why is that important? Well, because it's important for guys to be able to say that because my son looks at me as a tough guy. He's like, you know, one of his friends looked at me and said, I'm a little surprised that you're afraid to do this. And I said, why? Because you thought I wasn't afraid of anything? He says, well, mm-hmm. yeah. I said, nope. <laughs> I said, you need to know the truth. There are things that scare me, and that is what's important. It's important that men, Christian men especially, I mean, the sedated man is aimed at at, uh, at Christian men or God-fearing men who are 35 to 55. And mm-hmm. the whole idea is that bonding that is missing needs to begin to happen again. It's it's okay to share things with your buddies. It's okay to get together and have a barbecue. Yeah. It's okay to get together and roughhouse. Those are all things the Lord built into us. I mean, men are essentially physical. You know, I mean, we like to roughhouse. We like things that make loud noises. We 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 find humor in bodily noises. I mean, take your pick. That's the way the Lord yeah. designed us, and it's okay. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Men should spend time with men. It's part of what helps us to be who we are. When we see men in business, mm-hmm. you know, some guys are like, when I'm at work, it's one thing, but when I go home or when I'm at church, it's a different. And, you know, you, it's, I guess it's a stereotype. <laughs> you're like, yeah, he's a great guy, but I wouldn't hire him to put my gutters in the house. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't install my gutters. That guy, I'll take you for everything yeah. you're worth. Like, that's a problem, right? Like, there should be some congruency there. I'm not saying you can't be rich and Christian by any means, because nope. you can definitely do everything ethically and mm-hmm. honestly, but sometimes there's like a disconnect. Uh, you have any words on yeah. that? Yeah. 
we called them in the army. We called them twofers. Where twofers, twofers where you got two for the price of one. Okay, mm. I mean, you know, I've been to Iraq twice, and uh, it always amazed me that when a guy thought he was halfway around the world, he was a totally different guy. Totally different guy. This guy would swear a blue streak like a sailor, smoke cigars all day, all things that he knew his wife wasn't okay with. <laughs> now, now, one thing I will say is there's uh, anytime, not anytime, I shouldn't say that, a lot of the times that we would get guys, you know, leadership that were either officers or NCOs who were upper leadership, and they were very difficult to, to deal with, almost consecutively across the board, they were henpecked at home. Because we would see them with their wife, and wife would, I mean, boss them around. I mean, she was she was most definitely in charge of the family, and he was very much, when she was around, yes, dear, yes, dear, yes, dear, as soon as she left, he was difficult. Okay, yeah, he took all that yeah. out on his soldiers. So, but we got those twofers, and, and I could never understand. I mean, I would be willing to bet that when we got back as a National Guard unit, the first deployment, that the divorce rate was probably between 70 and 80 percent yeah you're trying to change a habit real quick yeah yeah because now they got to switch back and forth the problem is is that they you know they've been hanging with such and such smoking cigars and he happened to mention to his wife this and then that wife at home happened to mention to somebody else who mentioned to the other and it's just this big ugly circle which was why it was very important to me that the guys who knew me in in iraq i was the same sergeant baker in iraq that i was at home I didn't want any of that. I mean, halfway around the world may as well have been, it was only a phone call away. You were just as close, really, as you were when you were at home. Well, in these days, too, you've got social media. Mm-hmm. and Oh, yeah. <laughs> some people are stronger and they're the leaders, but most people don't lead. People that listen to this podcast potentially could be like, everything you're saying is a bunch of dumbness yeah. because I'm a leader. I hang out with my father, my kids. I'm da 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 it's like, yeah, because that might be the target audience that we're looking for, people that are looking to turn their life around or are happy. Right. But most people aren't leaders. They're looking to just just tell me what to do and I'll do it or just kind of status quo. And so we're easily influenced. Look at the kids. You're hanging out with the bad seeds. What happens? You're hanging out with the kids that study. What happens? Yeah, you, bad company. You kind of blend. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. Bad I mean, company I corrupts like, good morals. That's always been true. Yep. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, at some point you might be really strong and you can work your way out of it and you pull yourself out of that situation. But I think for the most part, you're going to find yourself dipping your toes in something you probably wouldn't have done before you started hanging out with a new crowd. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, you're right. All right. As far as if your marriage is status quo, and I think we might have already hit on it, but if it's status quo and you're just kind of maybe you see the writings on the wall or you're just not happy, you're fighting all the time. Mm -hmm. Is there one thing? It's never just one thing, but... Is there like a behavior that you can start doing that even if she doesn't respond well or the opposite, you know, if she doesn't respond well that you can still do and you'll see changes in the relationship over some time if you just keep doing it consistently? Just some, uh, yeah. One, one, Words or actions. One thing, yeah. Date nights. I Date mean, nights. you know, uh, another uh, another huge problem with uh, with men is men, like I said, are very physically minded. All right, so... A lot of women don't understand that the way a man shows emotion to his wife is through the sexual act. All right. And so but the way a woman shows affection to her husband is not necessarily through the the sexual act. Uh, But but the two, when you really look at it, the two actually complement each other very well. The problem is, is that if things like date nights don't happen, there's no work going on in the relationship and you'll ultimately end up with a sexless marriage, which is a huge problem within churches. 
And she's emotionally empty she's as well. She's emotionally empty. There's no sex within the relationship, which is not scriptural, I might add. You know, there's no there's no closeness. And this is why marriages of 28 and 29 and 30 and 35 years suddenly divorce. Well, why did they divorce? They were married 28 years. Well, because they never worked on the relationship. So if there was one thing I could... I could say it's it's date nights. I mean, they help get the ball rolling, and uh, and don't hold back when you're talking to your spouse. The whole idea behind date night it doesn't have to be this big elaborate affair. Go to dinner, but do it once a week. I mean, I really am adamant about the once a week. Do it once a week because you guys have you have each other's undivided attention. You don't take phone calls. You don't take kids. You don't do it at home. You get out. You go somewhere else and engage. Actually, listen to her. And and yeah. and uh, and talk back. That usually helps. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's not an answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't pretend to listen. All right. Don't check out and make it sound like you're actually listening. Engage. Pay attention to what she's eating. Pay attention to the places she likes to go. One of the things my wife and I do is we alternate in who picks to go on date night, so that we're not always going to the the one place that you know somebody else doesn't want to. And there's a lot of people I understand, you know, that can't afford to go out once a week. But let me tell you what you can do. You can afford coffee once a week. You can afford an ice cream cone once a week. You can afford to even, you can afford a walk I was going to say, park. you can even afford to walk down Main Street and window shop. My wife and I, in the very beginning, when we were uh, very low income, uh, we'd go walk through Walmart. Not super exciting. Do what you got to do. But exactly. But it gave us time together away from the kids where we could just disconnect. And you can future cast there too. Like, oh, we made huge hey, plans. wouldn't it be great if we could yep. afford? Exactly. <laughs> we made huge plans on what we would do with our futures. I mean, you know, and so my wife and I are best friends. We could be around each other all day, every day, and it wouldn't bother us. Now, here's the thing too. They got to have ground rules. If you are someone who knows, oof, when we get alone, about 10 minutes into it, it's going to turn into a laundry list of complaints or a laundry list of things that we need to do or you're not doing. And it could go both right. ways. So you almost have to like say, have like ground rules or like a safety word or something to where you, <laughs> it can reset. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like you're being a nagging person. Yeah. yeah. And you're shutting down and being annoying or whatever. Or like you have a set yeah. time limit. First 10 minutes of this date is going to be business about the kids, business about a relationship. Other than that, it's only positive. And if it sucks, it sucks, but we'll get used to this feeling and it'll, it'll grow after a yeah. while. Cause the first couple of times are probably gonna be horrible if you're not used to it. I mean, just awkward. Well, especially and, if you're not, especially if you're not talking much. Yeah. Super awkward. But I'm telling you right now, people, they want to give up after two, they're like two or three times. They're like, it didn't work. And people are so men, especially we are so short on attention span and patience for things. We want it to work yeah. in, in today's day and age. Yeah. We want it to work right now. Okay, date night, if you guys have been married 10 years and now you're going to do, okay, we're going to give this date night thing a shot and two weeks into it, you're like, this is stupid. No, you're stupid. Okay, get back in there and go until it starts working. That's what you do. You don't just quit. No, it's not going to work. No, you're not working. And change with, <laughs> my, my thing is you got to be creative. Like you could probably Google at this point 50 low cost date nights. We yep. ain't the first ones to talk about this. So you could probably find, nope. go kayak. Go throw yeah. the softball together because it doesn't have to be always talking and all this kind of stuff because guys bond by doing. I think they said that was right. the one way a girl can flirt with a guy is, oh, let him teach you how to do something like tennis. Yeah. You might already know how to play tennis, but like it, he'll appreciate trying to teach you something, and especially like athletic. So y'all could do that as yep. well, like especially if you're like 
well, this day we're going to do your thing. Next week, it's my thing. And exactly. Just try to figure out what you guys like. Meet each other where you know you're happy. You might have to quilt with her. Maybe you don't like scrapbooking, if that's still a thing. But maybe you scrapbook with her. Yeah. yeah. But you don't have to do it all the time. You know, just give her that, give her that couple hours. I mean, how hard is it? Yeah. You know, I mean, but just remember that a status quo marriage is not a scriptural marriage. Average, average was never, average was never okay with Jesus. If average was okay with Jesus, he would have been average. The only thing average about Jesus was the way he looked. And even that they said was, was kind of ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. Go big or go home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey man, do you happen to have besides the Bible? <laughs> no, that's any, uh, any books or maybe a version of the Bible. You might have like, oh, I really uh, like this version uh, or whatever, like a book or a guide book of some sort that people can um, go through together as a couple. Like you're stepping on my air hose. What was that one? You ever heard that one before? <laughs> I haven't oh, heard of that man. one. It was love and respect. I would say yeah, that's the one. Love, oh, I've heard of that one. I haven't read that one. Uh, let's see. The version of the version of the Bible I use is the New American Standard. Um, okay, so there's one is one I would highly suggest isn't a book, but it is something I would suggest every family or every married couple go through, and that's what I mentioned earlier by Mark Gunger. That's the Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. By and far one of the best couples counsel, and they can sit down with those DVDs themselves, you know, or and introduce them to others. We we use them all the time. We've had couples that we've counseled actually use those go buy those dvds and counsel other couples which which was awesome all right uh one book that i would highly suggest and you're gonna laugh at me and but give me a second (laughs) to explain it is the china study okay have you heard of that book most okay (laughs) the china study study, (laughs) if i understand correctly it's one of the most comprehensive uh studies on food and how it affects the body there is See, sedation, although I'm talking about Christian men, and I'm talking about how things are, are sedation, there's, there are other things happening inside the body that men need to be aware of, too. And a lot of it's food, a lot of it's alcohol, a lot of it's you know coffee, a lot of it's things like that. Uh, and on the YouTube channel, I, I have some, some health things that I deal with specifically, and so I've been kind of keeping my walk on what's going on on my YouTube channel. But it's amazing to me how many things through studying health my wife and i have been able to come together on which have ultimately helped shape other parts of our lives as well and introduced us to things we would have never been introduced to before so you're expanding your horizons and your food choices and your exactly but we're expanding them together yeah. and not in weird ways with things that actually make a difference mm-hmm. so but the china study i think is i mean it has really shaped a lot of how i've had to do my diet and ultimately you know, the places we can go for dinner and the things we do talk about. And, and she has, she has a blog. And so maybe we're going to take this Avenue because we've discovered this in doing these other things. I mean, it's just, it's been very interesting. Very cool. And how can people find more information about you and what you're doing? Uh, the sedated man is my podcast. It's on anchor.fm. It's on iTunes. It's on Google and it's on a few other podcast, uh, platforms I've never even heard of. Uh, I'm also on YouTube under The Sedated Man, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram as The Sedated Man as well. Very good. Well, Sergeant Baker, our ex-Sergeant Baker, are you always <laughs> a sergeant, or did they put it, put an ex that formerly known as Sergeant Baker? No, not formerly known as, just Sergeant, <laughs> yeah. Not anymore as of, well, no, I take that back. I have a, I have a month till it's, till it's done, but yeah. Well, still, congratulations I'm on that. That's, that's a milestone. Thank you very much. And, uh, Long time coming. I know you solo episodes trying to always find out information is not always the easiest especially with the topics that you're covering 
So I yep. uh, wish you the best of, of luck for 2018. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Did you know I am offering a Cupping 101 online class? You know, I've been in China for a while. I've got a class set up with some TCM docs who do cupping. We'll show you the glass kind and the suction kind. You can find more information at a doctorsperspective.net slash cupping. Right now we have a pre-sale price, so you're going to save a good chunk of cash by signing up early. Just put your email. You'll get notified when the class goes live. Also, as always, the No Needle Acupuncture book. You can get four chapters, anxiety, low back, insomnia, and headaches. It's got pictures, how to find the points, and of course, all with no needles. Just go to doctorsperspective.net slash NA protocol, as in needleless acupuncture. We had great results the other day from a lady who uh, couldn't do a lunge because her knee pain. Now, knee pain is not an issue. So excited to hear that. Also, the first book, Today's Choices, Tomorrow's Health. A lot of people are looking for a magic bullet. This ain't it. This is saying, hey, look, if you can do small things daily, you'll see results. And I'll, I'll give you the blueprints that I use to create an exercise routine, cardio routine, get my nutrition in order, and actually get your finances in order too because that's a big stress in life. And, of course, it talks a little bit about chiropractic. So um, I hope you check that out. On the uh, website under the resources tab, uh, these are my affiliate links that helps out support the show. Uh, Blueberry Hosting, uh, Set for Set, they've got the power bands, and, uh, and they're really, really resistant. Really good to stretch those joints. Mentor Box, you can get subscription to watch the author talk about the book so that you don't have to spend the time reading it. Uh, it also comes with workbooks and things like that. It's really quite cool. Primal Health and Nutrition, you can save 10% by going through my link and using the code PRIMALDOC. Uh, it's bone broth. adheres to the autoimmune protocols and a specific carbohydrate diet. Gluten-free, non-GMO, no sugar, dairy-free, all those types of cool things. As well as Click Funnels, if you f- sign up through that or pick up a book from him through my links, it helps out a little bit. And then, of course, everybody's favorite, Amazon. You can sign up for different things like Prime, Fresh, or Music through our links and of course any of the show notes when you have books mentioned uh, if you follow the link through my site that'll help out as well well that is it go on ahead and leave us a five-star review thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week we just went hashtag behind the curtain and this episode has come to an end i hope you got the right dose for your optimal life please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.